Hey guys, this is Jay, creator of Simon from Prozac. And this is James, creator of Milo. And you guys are listening to music from A to Z. podcast. I am Steve Ferguson. And I am Douglas Ferguson. First off, I want to say hello to any new listeners as we are starting our fourth run through the alphabets. You're probably wondering, well, hey, hold on. This episode doesn't start with the letter of the alphabets. This, well, what is this episode all about? So here's the, here's the thing. We've actually apparently been around for quite some time. Yeah, for, in podcasting years, we're very old. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It's been quite a few years. I think we start. what did I say, 2013? 2014. 14? Yeah, early 2014. That's right. In that time, since we have uh, done our episodes, a significant number of the bands that we covered during our first run have actually continued on in their careers. And, uh, like, a, a pretty significant number. And that wasn't really something that we had necessarily expected. I mean, like, it would be something... I mean... It's, it is something to expect, but it wasn't something that we that we had actually given much thought of at the time, right? Uh, until all of a sudden, here we are a few years later, and we're like, oh, wait, how? Look at all these people who have who have continued on, soldiering on while we've been doing our podcast. So we thought, for this episode, Doug actually was the one who came up with the idea. And what was your idea? I thought it'd be nice to do kind of a follow-up episode on our first run and basically comment, because most of them have come out with about one album per uh, since we have uh, done our initial run-through, and uh, just give our thoughts on, uh, you know, briefly, because, you know, there's quite a few albums, so we can't get into as, as deeply as we normally would, um, but briefly talk about the the new albums and how, how they are, what we think of them. Kind of kind of a very first impression-y, because there's a lot of them that I just listened to once through, as opposed to if we're really delving into an artist, I'll probably try to listen to an album more than once, mm-hmm. depending on... You know, the scope of their discography. Sometimes, you know, that's not a luxury we can afford. But that's basically it. All right. So, here we are. We're doing our first run follow-up. So, let's start uh, all the way back. April 18th, 2014. Our first episode, it was actually, we actually recorded way earlier than that, but it was released on April 18th, 2014, yep. uh, is for Arcade Fire. Uh, I actually had a chance to go back and listen to a lot of our early episodes. Sorry for the meandering. <laughs> the meandering is fun. Yeah, we've gotten better at staying on track since then. Mm-hmm. Um, we were still working on the format, especially in the first half of that alphabet. There was still, I think, we, we hadn't quite hammered down what exactly we wanted to communicate during the course of the episode. There were some episodes where we weren't really sticking to album by album, but more of just like having just like a straight up discussion. But needless to say, in the time since then, Arcade Fire has had one studio album release. Yep. Uh, And actually fairly recently too, all things considered. Their newest album, Everything Now, came out July 28th of this year, 2017. Uh, What were were your thoughts first off? Uh, Let's let's hear what you thought of Everything Now. Yeah, I, I, I I like the album. I the single uh, actually everything now if it's a single uh, and also title track 
I felt it was one of the strongest ones on the album. It's I think it starts off strong. It does kind of start to meander a little bit uh, partway through. I feel like as far as arcade al- arcade fire albums go, it's not as um, cohesive musically. Although there are strong concepts thematically that I think are incorporated pretty well the way through. So it's um it's it's not their strongest work. I think it has some of their weakest material, but it also has some pretty strong material. Yeah. Uh, so I you know I, I I enjoy it. I do feel I kind of miss I kind of miss what Arcade Fire used to be. Mm. I kind of feel like some of their identity is lost in the polish. But you know, as far as like uh mainstream indie pop acts go, it's still pretty good stuff. Yeah, actually, to be honest, I think you really hit the nail on the head. I thought it was a fun album. I really liked it, but it it seemed like a continued. It felt like a, a follow up to Reflector in a lot of ways, and it felt like I really liked the Suburbs and I really liked Reflector. But the trend now is for sort of new wave indie pop. Is is a great way to put it, and it's 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 almost too bad to see the experimentation the instrumental experimentation of like the first two albums and that, you know, very first EP and stuff Mm -hmm. is all but gone. And, you know, I, uh, and you know, now in fairness, funeral as an album, there's some songs on there that kind of plot along and kind of drag and stuff like that. But I appreciated it because it was, it was so unlike a lot of things that were out at the time. Yeah. It was really against the grain. Yeah. And they were using a lot of instruments that, you know, were hardly trendy, you know? Yeah. Um, but anything like they, that kind of started a trend of mm-hmm. like a lot of bands trying to be trying to be Arcade Fire. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but definitely like even yeah, even in the parts of the a funeral that kind of meandered, you could still kind of appreciate the artistic merit and the intent behind it. Yeah, so I mean, I so I completely agree. I really like the album. I think it's fun. It's energetic. I really like the sound. I'm a I'm a sucker for '80s new wave and stuff, but I. I miss like the the innovation and that that uh, that youthful resurgence of old dorky instruments. Um, <laughs> old and dorky. Do- old old dorky instruments. Well, things like an accordion and an organ and stuff. You know. Yeah. yeah. Like when we were growing up, we, like if you went to school and be like, yeah, I know how to play the organ. It's like, what? Are you, oh, don't brag about that. But but then when Arcade Fire is at Sasquatch and they bring that organ onto stage for like Neon Bible and stuff, holy cow, I mean, that's an experience. It's like, wow, yeah. how comes the organ, you know? <sighs> so we'll see how uh, we'll see how Arcade Fire continues on in their musical musical voyage. At least we can say, like, there's a good chance that their next album could have a really unique identity of its own. Sure. Um, I mean, we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but I do feel like they are kind of hopping on some trends right now and and uh, and it is a shame that they you know they started off as working so against against the grain and now they're you know they're they've joined in and they're, they're still talented musicians and talented songwriters so they're still decent they're still good i yeah i, I think we both just kind of miss what arcade fire was mm-hmm. in the indie world you know sure they're like the superheroes of, <laughs> of 2004 there you go yeah. 2004 i got well, okay, well, let's move on. Our second episode, uh, released in on May 13th, 2014, was Be Is For Bell and Sebastian, which, for the longest time, on and off, was, like, our top-downloaded episode. And also the one that we were least satisfied with. <laughs> I know, that's the irony, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it sort of like, afterward, we were just like, I don't know. 
don't know. How do you feel about it? It's because we, we just we just didn't have the format down and we wanted to go on and talk about it. But yeah, I mean, that being said, I listened to it recently and I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. I... Oh, yeah. know, I, I, I'm pretty hard on, on my own stuff. but That's true, yeah. You know, I think you, yes, sometimes you can kind of look back on something and romant, over-romanticize it. You can also over-villainize it. There, hey, there you go. <laughs> you there, know, yeah. uh, but that's true, yeah. You know, there wasn't, I don't remember too much that there was that to be embarrassed about other than that we were having trouble, like, remembering who the band members were and crap like that. <laughs> in, in absolute fairness, though, they've cycle through a lot and stuff well uh, in january january 19th of 2015 they released girls in peacetime want to dance mm-hmm. uh upon listening to it it fits i felt that it fits right in with their discography uh i felt that uh, that it was it was fairly typical of what i would expect of the bell and sebastian album but i also really liked it as well party line for example i thought was a great song uh and yeah you you know um it's a long album, but it doesn't overstay its welcome, and I kind of like the I kind of like the themes behind behind the album too. Um, so I mean, all in all, I actually thought it was a pretty solid release for Bell and Sebastian. Uh, I liked it too. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a pretty big gap between that one and uh, the one before. It was uh, Right About Love, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, quite a bit. So that's like that's like what? It's five years, yeah. Five years. Now, yeah, what I'll say is that. I do wish, like one of the one of the visions of this album clearly was to kind of incorporate a little more like indie dance and mm-hmm. like to, uh, like electronic stuff in there. Yeah. Um, but they then they they didn't really lose their sound primarily. I think that it was it was they were pretty good about keeping keeping it down to earth and just kind of like just venturing a little bit into the dance stuff. And uh, sometimes it feels a little bit awkward. But not, but not all the time. But they have some terrific songs, like some great classic Bell and Sebastian tunes now in there. Um, the opening single, Nobody's Empire. Nobody's Empire, what I think was is a terrific song, especially if you listen to the lyrics. The lyrics are really good. Although I think that the, the opening piano bit is uh, doesn't do the song a good service. It's, it sort of makes it feel like very much like a, a generic commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the song itself, like once you get into the meat of it, is I, I really like it. Uh, it's got this sort of like sing-songy, sing-songy aspect to it, but at the same time, uh, but really like meaty lyrics. Also, what's the other one I really like? Perfect Couples, I think is so good. I just, I just really, I really like the song. And yeah, Party Line is a fun one. Um, there's a lot of great tracks, and uh, there were no like obvious duds on there that I could, that I could tell. Just, just a few like awkward transitions into dance music. I think would be the the main fault of the album. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. And, and you saw, were they playing this material when you saw them in concert? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got to mention the concert. Uh, they, they were touring for this album. Okay. So there was quite a bit in there. And um, I got to say, Bell and Sebastian Live is one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to. Oh. Uh, I thought they were, like, the, 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 the volume and the mixing was so perfect. The uh, the chemistry on stage and uh, and personality and... It was so fun. It was such a great experience. And so if you, any, anyone has the chance to see Bell and Sebastian live, I highly recommend it. And, you know, it even had a... Uh, there's a song called um, Barely Legal, is it? It's, uh, it's not off of the new album. Anyways, mm. it's, it's, uh, it was like a... Anyway, they played it, they played it live. It was a, it's a very, like... It's a throwback to the 60s, that kind of sound. And they had like a bunch of people jump on stage, and there was basically like a huge party on stage. It was it was really it was, it was so much fun. It was such a good show. Oh, can like top five concerts I've ever been to. I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, I really liked it. What what was the venue? The Vogue. Right, right. Yeah. So the Vancouver's the Vogue Theater. 
Uh, usually pretty good sound quality, really good, really good venue. There's, I've only had one really bad experience there. Brand new. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, you know, I don't think that's the fault of the Vogue. It's the fault of whoever the, their sound guy is. It's too bad. Who clearly is uh, 90 years old and has lost all his hearing. Uh, <laughs> but, but Bell and Sebastian, like the perfect concert volume. I don't know how else to explain it other than like it was loud, but it wasn't deafening. It was just like, you walk away, and you're like, hey, I can still hear myself, but I heard everything on stage clearly. <laughs> uh, no, it was perfect. Perfect. Cool. Well, moving on, our third episode, uh, and the one that I think we felt the most encouraged by uh, so early on in the run was uh, in May of tw- May 26th, 2014, we did See Us for Charlene Kay, mm-hmm. uh, where we got feedback from both uh, Charlene Kay and her sister, uh, Leanne. Leanne Kay, yeah, who directs some of her music videos and stuff, and and that was really encouraging so so early in our run. Uh, now, is she just going as Kay? Not, yeah, so she's she, her her solo stuff is just under the name Kay right now. I don't know I, I don't know why, why the change per se. We haven't really been in touch with her. Um, I am curious. I kind of miss the, the full name, though, like Charlene Kay. But, you know, at the same time, I don't know why. <laughs> Kay works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, for as far as her solo career goes, the most noteworthy thing that she's done so far has been the Honey EP in 2016, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is pretty good. Have you heard it? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think? I think, well, it's uh, it's bookends I feel are the strongest. Armies and... How do you say that? You, 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 you? But all the stuff in between is pretty good. Like, it, it's it's... She's definitely gone more kind of like in a pop direction as well. I feel like the... It just carries a very different energy than what was on the Animal Love. Very much so, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's five tracks. It's um, it's not gonna blow anyone's mind, but I think it's it's mostly pretty fun pop. How about you? Yeah, no, I, actually, to be honest, very, a very very similar similar opinion. Um, the thing I, I really like, to be honest, is that she's still able to convey like how much fun she's having. Mm, yeah, yeah. With with recording, how much fun she's having with the music and stuff. So I mean, that that is always my takeaway. But I mean, you know, she's she's got some solid hooks and um, it's a nice EP. It's really nice. I see mm-hmm. she's got a bamboos. I missed this there's, one. There's a few. Uh, there's a few singles that have come out since Parakeeter, Cheshire Kitten, Bamboo. Uh, I did listen to these ones. I I think. Um, Parakeeter was pretty good. Cheshire Kitten was fine. Bamboo, I really didn't like actually. Mm. I thought it was very flat, very flat, very stale. Look, uh, <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> which which you know I've actually never had that kind of reaction to a Charlene K song before. So, but you know, we, not everyone's a winner, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's released a few singles. I would like to see an, an album. I'd like to see an album. I, I would I would be totally for something as as big and ambitious as, as Animal Love was because I think Animal Love. You know, as right at this point, is still her masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But I also know, like that's that's something that takes a lot of work, and she's been busy doing other things as well. So the solo career right now almost feels like her side project. Have you? Did you get a chance to listen to San Furman? Um, yes, I did actually. Uh, San Furman, yeah, is interesting. So part of the reason why she might be a little bit delayed in her output, even though she still has a fairly good output, all things considered. San Furman is a band that she joined up. She replaced the uh, Ray Cassidy was the name of the lady that she stepped into her place, who really was there for a lot of the inception and the writing uh, of, of the songs, and then kind of left just to like say, well, you know, actually, I want to do my own solo sort of, solo thing. And then Charlene Kay kind of stepped in to fill in a, you know, what's, let's be honest, a very, very difficult spot. They hadn't even released her first album yet, and that's a very difficult spot to fill in. Mm-hmm. And I think, actually, she, she stepped in very gracefully 
and filled, filled that role really well. And they've done three albums in four years. Sam Furman, Jack Rabbit, and Belong. Uh, Belong just coming out this, this past year. Was that the one that I, I suggested for you? The, the one that I did I... that photo. Belong, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, actually, I haven't listened to the first... Uh... The first three albums, or the first two albums. Uh, so I haven't listened to the self-titled or Jack Rabbit. I, I heard Belong. I didn't realize they had, they had released that much. I know that she toured with them as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, so she's, that's when she, she had again. She's she's basically stepped into into Ray Cassidy's shoes entirely. I, I so I mean I got to give her major major props for coming in and 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 it's also not. I also find that it's not the Charlene Kay show as well. You know, no, it's, it seems very uh, like a, lo- a lot of good distribution of attention. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, like, I, you listen to all three of them, and they're they, they do show an evolution of sound. But there's already even from the first uh, album, there's already familiarity and a, and a comfort. And um, these are these are musicians who who know what they're doing and know their stuff. So I mean, I gotta give them kudos for three albums that sound like excellent. And actually, to be honest, Belong that was the one that you'd recommend to me from the get go. So it was the first one I listened to. I really really liked. Oh, I um, liked it a lot too. I thought it was great. I th- I think uh, good. Solid uh, alternative rock that you know, almost kind of like. I feel like it's there's a there's a bit of a, a hole in the music industry right now of this really good solid alternative rock. So this is something that's nice, kind of filling in that that uh, that gap that I think I think all the great like so many of great alternative rock bands kind of transitioned to synth pop. Mm. And yeah, I kind of missed I kind of missed the that that little extra grit that was there, and I feel like <laughs> that that was in belong. Yeah, and so it was it was really refreshing to hear. Moving on. So our good buddy Depp, who then also contacted us and was also really uh, mm-hmm. tremendously gracious about the episode we did on him. I mean, it was, I honestly feel like we were so lucky so early in the podcast to have great opportunity to connect with uh, with the artists that we were covering. Uh, and I was getting some emails from Bandcamp because I had purchased some of his stuff over Bandcamp uh, when he released stuff. And I got the very occasional uh, email from him, the always apologetic uh, email from, <laughs> from Depp. Yes. Which which I'm I'm totally totally cool with. He released a best of in March of 2015, and then he did this interesting project. Did you see this May Day 2015? I saw it. I didn't really listen to it to be honest. <laughs> and the project. I mean, and I love that he does these little musical projects sometimes. And this was every day of the month of May. He released a song, and then that became an album. May Day 2015, uh, and and oh, yeah. that was that was interesting. You could you could tell that the ideas weren't completely fleshed out. But I loved the ambition so much that any any kind of like lukewarm feelings on some of the songs. I mean, some of the songs were fantastic. Some of the songs I felt kind of lukewarm on. Just the ambition of it all, I just loved. I thought this is great. I love this. This is what what a, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so much fun. Yeah. But did you manage to listen to Broken? Well, actually, if I recall, uh, it all comes down to this. Yeah. I hadn't come out yet either. I think it was actually just about to come out. When we recorded the episode, so I think I thought we did mention it for sure, though we mentioned it, but I don't think maybe we, we didn't have the chance to I actually think listen to it. That it had, I think it had just come out or was just about to come out. Okay, so hold on, we our Dep, Dep episode was June third. Is there a release date for? Uh, I would have to. I know we definitely mentioned it. We we mentioned it, but I think that I mean I just think that it, we hadn't had a chance to actually review it. March twentieth. Yeah, so it had already been out a couple months. No, I don't know what to believe. Okay, I, th- well, I thought I thought we did mention it to be honest. Um, well, I guess if we didn't, then I will say that uh, I I really like that it was is music in a, a very new direction for him. Yeah, and that yeah, that just said it was really it was something really new and really cool. Um, and that 
I think Chapello, for example, is one that I feel has really stayed with me. Mm. Um, Broken is, yeah, the follow-up one, which I guess came out 2016? Uh, yeah, April 2016. By the way, I love that cover art. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Kudos on your cover <laughs> art, sir. Yeah, this one didn't seem as adventurous. It was a little bit more of a return to form, but at the same time, not in a bad way. I feel like it was pretty good, pretty tight songwriting. Very, uh, you know, still very moody and and uh, very very much in depth style. Um, still, but at the same time, not like super safe. It wasn't like it was just a, like a fallback. I think uh, if anything, it was kind of a mesh of um, his his you know a, a lot of his different sounds kind of uh trying to put the all the kind of everything he kind of took before that into and put it to use and broken here's the thing i really like about dev 2 i'm never sure what i'm gonna get yeah i'm never true. sure what i'm gonna get and i love that i adore that um i thought it was i thought to be honest i thought it was a, it was a pretty brisk ride all things considered yeah yeah i gave it a, i once listened through while i was doing some chores and stuff around the house and and i've always got right into the mood and uh and really dug it. So, I mean, like, whenever he wants to release stuff, I'm right behind him. And yeah. Yeah, there's that, that one single. So there's a single called I Can't Keep Quiet featuring Milk. Milk? <laughs> I actually didn't listen to it, to be honest. I didn't know it was out. And a song for piano, which yeah, is... that's the most... That's Actually, is that one April 2016 as well, I think? This one says March, no, March 2017. So this is much newer. Um, I'm clearly behind and need to catch up, so there we go. Yeah, keep up, keep up with the output. It's... That's pretty dandy. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Moving on. Our E episode was E is Frightful 65. Inactivity. They are, they're, not, they're not a thing anymore. No. So that was easy to catch up on right there. Okay. Moving on. June 2014. We had our episode on the Flaming Lips, which is when we... We were still working on the format, but we were really starting to hammer it down. Yeah. We actually missed... Uh, we didn't even cover... Uh, quite a few of the albums from the early part of their career, but there was so much to talk about that, you know, we were okay with it. But the Flaming Lips, as always, have been really busy. They've had this thing going with Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Which confounds me. I think it's because they, like, all enjoy doing drugs together. That's my <laughs> assumption. Uh, but they supported her album. It's like Miley Cyrus and Smelly Pets or something like that. Like, they, they were, like, fully involved in production of that. There was also... Miley Cyrus released an album that was definitely you could tell was like really influenced by her time with the flaming lips and it was actually a very like in interesting experimental effort um which you know we're not talking about miley cyrus here so i won't get into that too much but mm. i think you could see her kind of blossoming as an artist and doing you know working against the grain of what people kind of expected out of her yeah i still have yeah yeah reservations yeah, yeah. yeah you know yeah um so, not long after our episode, they released um, another Fwens album called With a Little Help from My Fwens. Oh, yeah? Uh, in October of 2014, which is basically, it's them doing Sgt. Peppers with a bunch of guest, guest stars. My Morning Jacket, Fantagram, uh, Miley Cyrus, etc. Um, I'm going to be honest, uh, I put that one on the back burner and I didn't get around to listening to it. Did you, did you listen to this one? No, I didn't. Um, I just, I felt like because we had so much stuff to listen to, it was, it just wasn't particularly, it didn't seem like it was essential to listen to. Yeah, um, this, and, yeah, 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 that was a demo. I, I don't even know what some of this other stuff is. And it's just, a, it's just cover album, right? Like, they, yeah. they've done a number of cover albums. I was okay with them doing The Dark Side of the Moon. There were some really good interpretations on there. But there were also a lot of forgettable, a lot of forgettable stuff on there, and the 
the Hetty Flynn's album was was pretty forgettable too. Um, they've, they've been doing a lot of these cover albums. They did a uh, and Court of the Crimson King one as well. Yeah, I'm um, actually more interested in hearing that. I'm kind that of one, you know, I, li- I did listen to that one, and I say that's worth checking out. They they did release a, a proper studio album. That's, yes, that's, that's kind of what we wanted to look into. That's why, to be honest, I didn't really bother going back to the little help from my friends was because I was I was absolutely enraptured by Oxy Mladi. Like just as a bit of background, the terror. I think you liked it more than I did. I liked a lot of elements of the terror, but I felt that there was just. The, the album was bloated. I well, I also feel like since then I've rarely revisited it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just the terror isn't one that really calls me back. You know, I, I don't know if I've liked anything nearly as much as I did there. You know that 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 the holy trinity of albums uh, mm-hmm. between Soft Bolts and At War with the Mystics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like it's been hard. I mean, you know, they've 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 done a lot of interesting things since then, but uh, not all of it works. <laughs> you know. So I was. I approached Oxy Melody with some reservations. I, I, I really did, which I, I, I feel bad that I'm at that spot because I, I'm the guy who's just like every time the Flame Lips released a new album, I just immediately ran out and got it, right? And then that pretty much stopped after I picked up the terror. I feel bad about it. But I listened to it and I actually, I really, I dug it. I actually really liked it. There are still some songs in there that are a little longer than they need to be. But there's, there's, uh, it, it felt more, way more accessible than the stuff I've been getting from them lately. And I, and I don't mind experimental music. I really don't. But it was getting harder and harder to find, like, a track that I could tune into in a Flaming Lips album and just, like, listen to because I enjoy it. For example, Fight Test. Off Yoshimi Bell's The Pink Robots. I can just plug that in and sing along and listen to it whenever. I mean, that's a, that's a bloody great song. A classic. Yeah. Um, and I've just been having a harder and harder time with that. But with the Oxy Melody... Uh, legitimately, uh, I feel like we're getting back to stuff that's a little easier to get into and a little more fun. And I love the cover art. And I love this, too. The, the title's in Polish. Uh, and allegedly it's supposed to mean, mean the young eyes, but apparently it's not a proper translation. And and this is the, this is the interesting thing. So the translation was supposed to mean young eyes, but the actual translation... I think is kind of a cooler translation. It's uh, the eyes of the young. I actually, I actually find that to be kind of cool. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So I mean, I'm actually. I think I will go out and buy Oxymelody because as I, I want to spend more time like listening to it and and giving it a chance and you know putting it on my iPod and and putting on the ha- headphones and uh, like um, I think there's there's something in here that I. But that I've been wanting to hear from the Flaming Lips. There's something in here that that I've been missing. Okay, them. yeah. I'd say I had a similar experience, though I think in the end you liked it more than I did. Um, but I did. I went in definitely with some skepticism. Part of that's because of a, like a review that I saw, and it just seemed like, oh, I don't know if I want to go down deeper down the terrors rabbit hole. But I was pleasantly surprised when, this, when the album started up, and I wound up kind of really getting into the groove of it. I do kind of feel like I wasn't as into it by the end of it. Like, I just kind of got tired of it. I think, to be honest, that seven and a half minute track, uh, there's a six minute track and then there's a seven and a half minute track, needs, that, that sort of stuff needs to needs to be cut down. Um, you know, I, I don't remember exactly what it, when I specifically lost track, and I, you know, and it could have just been me at the time, so I don't want to, like, dismiss it sure. entirely, but, but yeah, I don't know, uh, I, I do think, yeah, this is, this is a good, uh, a step in the right direction, and I... And I do want to revisit it again because it's hard sometimes to 
judge a Flaming Lips album or most albums actually just by listening to it once through. Exactly. So um, I, you know, I, I got to give it another chance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see. All right. So uh, for those of you who haven't been with us since the beginning, way way back in late June of 2014, uh, we had recorded an episode on the Grills, mm-hmm. and we were feeling pretty good about it. We had it in the can. I took it home. Or no, I didn't take it home. I, I opened it later to do editing and lost all the data. Yeah. Uh, oh. It was rough. So I said, I got to record it again. And at that point, we had a backlog of episodes. So we actually recorded it later than like our Hives episode. Uh, so we recorded it again, but... We were, we were just... I think I had just gotten the, this mic. Yeah. And I didn't... I hadn't quite acclimatized to how to use it properly or um basically yeah there's just some weird connection error it was it's a problem that happens sometimes and now i know like what to look for but at the time i didn't Mm -hmm. so the quality of the episode is unfortunately not good like really not good Mm -hmm. um so we determined that the gorillas episode is in fact the cursed episode it is a cursed episode yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. now we ended the gorillas episode with uh if you want to do your uh jamie hewlett impression (laughs) for us here (laughs) oh yeah Uh, (laughs) The gorillas are finished. <laughs> you always say that. It's time to really finished. You always say that too. <laughs> and sure enough, Jamie Hewlett again. Damon Albarn managed to, to talk him into doing another Gorillas album. Uh, much to much to my surprise, um, I didn't think we would see it. But now it, it seems like we've almost gone full circle. In April 2017, they released uh, Humans uh, with a Z. The thing that generates a lot of buzz for a Grills albums is they usually have like a really solid opening single. Mm-hmm. But they, I think they dropped the ball in the marketing of this album in that first they had an unofficial single release with Hallelujah Money, which is a very, very unusual track. And I mean, I'm okay with it, but it's just an unusual track and your average radio listener is going to be like, well, what's the deal with this? But then they released, what was it? Three. I want to say three uh, singles in rapid succession. And they had they had animated uh, videos to go along with them. Yeah, and and I gotta admit, like one of those videos was absolutely incredible because you could do like the three sixty view of it, and uh, and it was like them in this haunted house. What was that one called? Saturn's bars. Saturn's bars. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, as for actually how I felt about the song, I had really mixed feelings on it. It's a psychedelic track, and uh, I thought to be honest, I remember the video more than the song. Like, like I, I listened back to the song again. I was like, oh, yeah, this one. Uh, you know? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the video definitely was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, some of the other the other ones that were released around that time, Andromeda was one of them. Was, oh, like, yeah, I no, felt... hold on. There was four, sorry, on the same day. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say Andromeda, what I felt was the winner of the bunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, we Got the Power was okay. It, it had a pretty good hook in the course, but... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it was an interesting marketing idea, dropping four videos uh, on one day. I'm finding that's happening more and more. Like, like rather than a traditional single, artists are releasing a few songs to kind of sample the album out. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you 2 kind of did the same thing most recently, but we'll get to that. So, yeah, Humans, uh, I feel, is a step in a completely wrong direction for Gorillaz. And I don't like it. Mm. I really don't like this album. Uh, with the exception of a few tracks... I think, you know, like the aforementioned Andromeda. Actually, one of the better songs from the sessions 
it wasn't even on the album. Uh, <laughs> Sleeping Powder? Mm-hmm. I really like that song, and it wasn't even on the album. I was so disappointed. It's just, it's got a goofy video of, of uh, 2D dancing around and singing the song. I'm like, damn, damn, that's a wasted opportunity. But most of this is just like, okay, I was first skeptical when he was talking about the making of the album. And he was talking about like how he produced most of it on the iPad. I'm like, no. Like, that was the first warning flag in my head. I mm. don't do it on the iPad. That was an experiment you did for the fall, and it was it was fine for what you wanted to do with the fall. Because all, all things say the fall is a fairly a basic album. It's it's, yeah. it's just kind of like a this is my little road trip <laughs> compilation album. Yeah, thing, yeah. That it was it was a it was a not a full album. <laughs> it was yeah it was like a it was a, a slight little venture into some new territory. And I'm like, dude, don't do it. You, you gorillas are used to like you've had Dan the Automator as a producer, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, don't don't turn your back on like the rich roots of the gorillas. Like, I'll know like a bang up job producing an album on an iPad. Like, it sounds for, for what you know what he had on him, great. But like he he can afford and he should put in the amount of effort to make a proper studio album, especially for a project like Gorillas that like for what the project means it's it's not like a, a band who's just recording their next album or whatever this is a musical collaboration project that's meant to showcase the blending of, of styles i mean plastic beach was an excellent example but it, it's it's been that way since the beginning really like why would we go front like uh, uh persian orchestras uh into like an ipad production mm-hmm. and i don't want to put down the ipad production but like doug's saying it just it just it doesn't feel like like it encapsulates the the sort of the bold sort of mission statements that the project is, you know. And and the thing is, like, part of me feels like just due due to the like I don't always feel this way about bands and stuff like that. But I feel like Gorillas now isn't just his, you know. It mm. it it it's now this thing that belongs to the to culture, and it's his like responsibility to make the best possible work. That he could for for gorillas, and I and I know that uh, like Damon Albarn's a really talented guy, yeah, and he can he can put together a masterpiece when he wants to. Plastic Beach is a great example of that. Like just wow, what a still a great album that resonates with me years later. You know, Humans is is probably better than I'm giving than I'm making a sound, but I just like feel like there's just such disappointment mm-hmm. in in how because I hold gorillas to such high standard. And that was a standard that he set. Yeah, you know, you know, like that's that's it's his fault for, for making three terrific, terrific albums before this. Three terrific and one fairly good. Yeah, album. three terrific, one fairly good album. But the fairly good album, you know, it felt that it was fine for what it was. And like I, it was... I think <laughs> the, the the singles that weren't attached to anything in particular take um, uh, Donkomatic. Mm-hmm. Even like these, just these these songs that are like part of the sessions and not attached oh, yeah. to anything. And Rocket and Rocket, Donkomatic Rocket. I mean, even like those songs mm-hmm. are still they still you know they have the same resonance and stuff because they, they mm-hmm. still you know every it's almost like almost every track counts. Um, I mean, there were a few B sides that weren't like they that I you know take, take them or leave them, but at the same time, like they're in a B sides collection, and you kind of expect that. And because and that's why they're on the cutting room floor, and that's why they're in this compilation rather than part of the cohesive album. But at the same time, there are gems in those B sides as well. Yeah, uh, I guess just like Sleeping Powder is a, a sort of a B side of Humans, but it shouldn't have been. <laughs> so um, I, I want to give it another listen through. But like, again, I, I only took a single pass over it. 
I'll tell you this, I really wanted to like this album a lot. I really wanted to. When I heard that they were coming out, I was getting really excited. And you know, when Hallelujah Money came out, uh, and people were just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was willing to I was willing to extend it. I said, yeah, it's an unusual choice, but in fairness, Gorilla as albums tend to have kind of unusual songs in them. Yeah. They just don't, normally don't get released as uh, as opening singles. And I, I was totally willing to extend that, uh, extend that courtesy. But yeah, you think about the opening singles, Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. Feel Good Inc., mm-hmm. Uh, Stylo. Stylo. Stylo was great. Stylo's, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, those were all, like, man, good opening singles. So, whether or not you consider that one the opening single or Saturn Bars, it's just... Saturn's Bars? I don't know. It's just it's just not the same... It's not the same quality. Yeah. So, I, I don't mind different musically, but, like, I feel like it's different musically, but also different quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on, The Hives... I went to look it up. Doesn't seem like they've done anything, eh? No, not no news from the highs. That's that's kind of strange, though. I wonder like what's going on with them. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they've been around for a while. They're getting a little older, just taking their time. It's, it's kind of hard, uh, you know. Given their sound, I wonder how easy it is to actually like be loud and shouty and <laughs> and in your forties. You know? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. that's fair. But we did do when we did our Interpol episode. We knew that El Pintor was coming out, yes. but it had not been released yet. This one, I. I do recall, because our Interpol episode was in July, and El Pintor came out in September. Now, I know we did mention this on the show before, but just for the sake of, uh, in case you guys haven't, uh, didn't listen to whichever, I don't even remember which episode we did mention it in, but we've talked about Interpol and a couple follow-ups. It might have actually been even been in the our first follow-up special. I think it was. Yeah, but just just for the sake of, of completion, El Pintor was an album that I wound up really liking. It, it felt more joyful and more... Uh, more high energy than the last couple albums, which I had liked. Like, I, I really like uh, Our Love to Admire, but it, I will fully admit it's a dark album. This one felt like a little more lighthearted. And I, I so to this day, I even the opening single, um, it's all the way back home. It's uh, I would say Our Love to Admire is intense. Interval self-title is dark. Yeah. And this one is, is easing up a bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all the Rage Back Home. I still, as soon as I hear El Pin, the, the El Pintor, the first thing I think of is all the rage back home, and what a great, uh, what a great song that is, and how it just brings you right into that album. What's nice about Interpol is that it's good that there's still a band that can that is reliably putting out good rock music. Mm-hmm. I feel like you know their best days are kind of behind them. I feel like those first three albums are pretty hard to beat, um, and I wasn't, I didn't dislike Interpol. But it wasn't like, oh, this like this is this is like their next masterpiece, and just like I kind of feel similarly about El Pintor, where it's just like, uh, like I just I don't feel like there's the really amazing outstanding tracks that there were in the really early days, but at the same time, it's still pretty consistently good, mm-hmm. and um, and that's and that's good to kind of like to have that safety net. It's like, oh, at least at least Interpol's got another album coming out, and I and I can listen to some pretty good rock music. Although I think they're going to be due at this point. Yeah, I think by this, but yeah, they're they're probably uh, probably due for something new. Yeah. So yeah, you know, and it, I don't blame them for for having trouble capturing the magic of turn on the bright lights. Like you know, that's something that most bands can only do once in their careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the fact that they're still they're still putting out good music is uh, is good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Moving on to Jay, we did a Jamiroquai episode, which also had some sound issues, not as bad as Grills, but uh, 
Uh, by by no, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it was uh, looking bad. Yeah, but by this point we were we had found our footing really with uh, with formats for sure. Yeah, yeah, it can be a little frustrating, but so, but I mean that's that's part of the growing process as well is is uh, figuring out all the technical things because I was now producing at home as opposed to at our brother Nate's place, and that made technical issues a little easier to deal with as well. Jamiroquai had released an album this year, March of twenty seventeen, called Automaton. Uh, uh, that made Hmm? Uh, well, in the in the song, it says automaton. Oh, although I mean, it's, it's it does look it's just it's automaton, but but he he, he, he says automaton, automaton, automaton. Oh, I <laughs> didn't put two and two together. Yeah, that's very strange. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, but it is automaton. <laughs> <laughs> so just looking at it, it's, yeah. And um, also, given the the song itself sounds, it's got a very kind of hard, you know, harsh robotic edge sort of thing to it. Too, right? He's probably just being weird and artsy. You know what that reminds me of? A uh, silver chair. They had that song "Cemetery," but they pronounced it "symmetry." Yeah, yeah. I and I, I could never get you know, over that. Symmetry is like, a different word. <laughs> and I, 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 I was just really confused. But I mean, um, that's basically all I remember about silver chair. Uh, but what did you think of Autumn Maiden? <laughs> well, first of all, I'll say that uh, the the self titled opening single uh-huh. is killer. Yeah. Like, it is just a killer opening single. It's a little misleading, unfortunately, because it's definitely strays away from their funk and goes really into electronic stuff, but in mm-hmm. such a way that it's, it's it does feel like the evolution of Jamiroquai. It's not like a, it's not like a forced thing. Well, I mean, with Rock Dust, Light Star, there, it, we were starting to get in that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... But this is like that was this is electronic Jamiroquai at in perfection. Yeah. I would say. So at the very least, do yourself a favor and listen to that single because it is, it is fire. The album is is still a little bit in that vein, but it does also like it is kind of just distilled, really cool disco-y Jamiroquai for the most part. And and as such, I love it. <laughs> it's just it's just really really good. It's like, kind of like coming <laughs> home for Christmas, isn't it? You know, it's just yeah, like. Yeah. Oh, it's just like, oh, another Jamiroquai album. Oh, again. Okay. You put it in, you're like, ah. But it's so good. <laughs> I missed this. <laughs> it's true, though. And so, like, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed this album from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm always beaming whenever they got something new to release. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been a while, so. It has. It is, like, seven years. Jeez. Yeah. So, the time was well spent. It's it's super well produced. It's sparkly and shiny. And and it's got a few nice surprises along the way, so. It's, um, oh, yeah, my, my thoughts are very similar. It's actually, to be honest, I, I plugged in and listened to it, and I was like, I like this a lot. And I, I really honestly do. I, I want to grab this album. It's a really... Really good album. It's a lot of fun. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know of its existence until today. I don't. I don't recall us covering it at all in the podcast. Its release. I, I don't. I just don't remember hearing about it. Really? Out. I'm. I'm pretty sure that at some point I mentioned the single, mm. like when it came out, and it was like you know, f- it was like a fresh pizza delivered right to my doorstep. Hmm. Uh, I, as I mm. love. Have you seen the music video? No, I didn't. Ah, uh, music video is so good. He's got that. Well, basically, you see the visual style of him like wearing the robo hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's him doing like robot dancing with that hat on. So. Okay, well, that, <laughs> that sounds like mandatory <laughs> viewing tonight, folks. Yeah, everyone check it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, these guys—they know what they're doing at this point. And, yeah, you know, and, the, and they know what kind of music they're gonna make. Yeah, it's probably gonna chart amazingly in Europe. I mean, you know, you know how it is. Uh, okay, uh, at least in Japan. So moving on to Congos. Congos uh, were a band that I had been, and as mentioned in our episode, I've been familiar with with for quite a while because 
they had approached the uh, magazine we used to write for, Sour Grapes Winery, to review their album. And then, actually, it was a couple, quite a few years later, Come With Me Now then really took off. Yeah, there was this... The band's success was kind of a slow burn, but yeah. they did. They, they actually managed to get quite a bit of traction after a while. I, I, and was, you know what? Like, was, a, like a mama bear, I was so proud of them. And I was you know, like, good was, for yeah, you, totally. Because they deserved it. Because I really, I really liked that album. Oh, Lunatic was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lunatic. Mm. Yeah, no, a great, great album. And I'm noticing then, a kind of a, almost a theme in their naming structure, though. Hey, eh? Lunatic and now Egomaniac. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ego, yeah. So Egomaniac. The, this one came out June of 2016, and. Let me tell you, just from the get-go, listening to Jamiroquois and then going into Congos is such an amazingly different uh, experience. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One right after the other. Congos make folk-influenced uh, rock music, but it's pretty high. Uh, sea shanty music as well, as, as what mm. I've described it as as well. But or, or yeah, also at the same time, maybe campfire music. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes they wear their inspirations on their sleeve, and uh, one of their big inspirations is obviously John Lennon. And no, no disrespect intended by that, because I mean, it sounds good. And I'm going to say that Egomaniac follows right along in there. They have developed so much as musicians, um, but they are still making the kind of music that they want to make. I mean, the production is better, the songwriting is better, but it's still very much them, which I really, really liked. It was still recognizable as them, but there was there was just more of them. Uh, and I, I, I actually really, really like this album too. I really want to pick this one up. Uh, you've got a lot of like thunderous rhythms and stuff like that. Yes, and a lot of yes. per, a lot of personality in in their songwriting. I mean, just by its very nature, it doesn't feel quite as fresh as Lunatic. Sure, but you know that's just kind of almost like the the curse of the follow up. But at the same time, it doesn't feel stale. It's it's pretty. They still got a good thing going, and uh, and I, I enjoyed the album quite a bit as well. I don't know if I liked it as much as Lunatic, but you know. The, 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 you know, it's like degrees of, it's all superfluous. <laughs> you know? Yeah, sure. Lincoln Park. Now, Lincoln I was, Park. I was, I was, uh, I was like, oh, okay, so they've had a couple releases since then. I started listening to The Hunting Party, and I was like, oh, wait, hold on a second. I think we had just, we just listened, we covered that one. We, we snuck that one in at the end, I think. We did, uh, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, we listened to The Hunting, we, we, The Hunting Party was in there. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's just their latest album. Yeah, so One More Light came out in May 2017, and as we covered in the podcast, it is now... Chester Bennington's final, his final foray yeah, with with Lincoln Park. Uh, tragically, and unfortunately, you know that that's kind of it puts a sort of like a almost like makes us have to give a bit of a disclaimer that you know uh, I'll do respect to Chester. We do also want to give the album like our honest review. Sure, and you know can't have. I think it'd be it would be doing a disservice to the music to sort of like butter up how our what our actual feelings are based on the fact that like. You know, he's tragically passed away now. Wow, sounds like uh, you probably have the same opinion than I, uh, that I have, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't dig it. <laughs> you it's know? really poppy, isn't it? It's surprisingly poppy, especially after it seemed like they were starting to go back into a hard rock direction. Uh-huh. And then to kind of just to kind of throw this. I mean, I, I don't, you know, and I'm, I'm the kind of guy who I don't mind it when Linkin Park does something different. Sure. I hey, always... we were stoked when Meteora came out and they were just, and then you hear the Japanese flutes and stuff come in and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, also like great. reanimation. Sure. It does a lot, of, did a lot of really interesting things. And also, even when I, even when it didn't really work for me, like Minutes to Midnight, I was also like, well, you know what, at least you're doing something different and, and they're branching out and maybe they'll you know, land on their feet later on. And then, and then I feel they did with a thousand sons. I felt mm-hmm. like that was a really solid effort. And, um, interesting, 
interesting. And it, it was such a project and it was so interesting. Yeah. But One More Light, I feel, was just kind of a, kind of a weird sellout album, to put it frankly. Here, um, here, here's what my instant thought. A lot of bands could have put out an album like this. A lot of bands. Linkin Park, when I think Linkin Park, you know, this isn't what I think of. Linkin Park forged an identity that was very much theirs mm-hmm. and became notorious for it. And they played around with it. And sometimes they broke form for it. But they 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 still had an identity. And this just, this could have been done by a lot of bands. Like a lot of bands. It just felt like a sort of, I don't know, just kind of like a rock album. Or like a very light rock. Yeah. Um, and I could kind of tell that from the single. Was it heavy? Is that the one? So a very disappointing effort, and almost like the fact that it is like Chester's last album with Linkin Park is almost makes it more disappointing. Because mm. like, oh man, I would have loved to hear him go out with a bang. But what I will say is that actually, if his vocal performance is really good in it, like he he does put in a lot of emotion and he sings really well on it, and so you know, there's some there's some technical things that I think the album does well. But overall, like it just, it just doesn't feel like Lincoln Park. It doesn't feel special. It does. It just feel. It feels very generic and of of today, or maybe even of a few years ago. Like not even like the most relevant pop music today. And I think that Lincoln Park should have acknowledged the fact that you know, like this is not what their fans want. Like they're not going to recapture the glory of how big they were for Hybrid Theory. Mm-hmm. So why not, you know, do something that's going at least going to make your fans happy. Like I feel like Hunting Party was totally in that direction. Like it's that's not for everybody. That's not for our mainstream audience. But it's but Lincoln Park fans could totally get into that. Sure, the ones that have you know been keeping them afloat for for the last you know decade. And so this feels like almost like a uh, <laughs> almost like a betrayal to that that really core audience that really you know kept them alive. You know, it, I keep thinking of like like other bands like Hoobastank. You know, oh, yeah. you Hoobastank. know, the, 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 or yeah, this could have passed lately. I feel like a Hoobastank album or something like yeah. that. Too, you know, it's I guess you know because there, there were so many of those kind of bands in in the early two thousands. Yeah, and but for whatever reason, like Linkin Park seems like one of the most legit of them. Yeah, you know, like one of the ones that were that were really like trying to keep rock and rap and stuff like alive and yeah, and it was it was a legitimate effort. It was yeah. a legitimate effort to. I mean, we can't say, of course, like how much effort they put into this album or not, but but you know, it's it, you know, this could have been something that they really felt strongly about. Um, but you know, just whatever whatever it was that didn't work, uh, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Well, not to beat on a dead mm-hmm. horse. Moving on, one of my favorite episodes from our first run was our Emma's for Miami Horror episode. Now, at the time when we recorded, they had released a string of three singles, I believe. Yeah, three or four. Uh, I want and, to say three. And it'd been quite a while, and we we're just like, "Is there an album that's going to be attached to this? Like, what's what's going on?" Uh, what was it? it was real slow. Kind of, I can see the the single cover art in my head, but um, but definitely, real slow was the winner of the bunch. I remember that. Yeah, one. we would like to real slow. Um, cellophane was one as well. Maybe I think Wild Motion. Oh, 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 wait, wait, because Colors in the Sky looks... Okay, so there were four. Yeah. Okay. So we, we were kind of wondering, okay, well, is there an album going to be released with this? And there was, but it was the next year. So uh, it was in 2015 that they finally released All Possible Futures. Finally, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, because it was it was a very unusual <laughs> episode because, I mean, we, you know, they had the Bravado uh, EP, yeah? Bravado, yeah, yeah. Which is not on Spotify, it looks like. 
Oh, bloody hell. Bloody You've got hell. that strange bootleg copy of Bravado, don't you? I don't really understand what this... I, I don't know what it is exactly. It could be like a tour copy or a bootleg copy. But whatever it is, I'm glad I have it so that I actually have the Bravado EP. Um, it's good luck finding it anywhere else. You know, and again, I would have bought it totally legally. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I did. I bought it illegally because I actually don't know. But um, but I would have bought it like totally illegally on like iTunes if it was there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100. percent It was mainly based off of based off of the one album, Elimination, that the episode that the episode revolved around. Uh, and it would have been nice to have covered this one in the mm-hmm. episode too. But even still, to be honest, my impressions of all possible futures is very similar to the singles. It has a lot of a lot of highlights uh, to it and some some really great production, but it's also a ho hum in in a lot of parts as well. Yeah, yeah you know, it's it's kind of weird because it's so upbeat and so fun mm-hmm. that to say ho hum is it kind of feels weird. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, the album could have trimmed it could have used some trimming. Uh, it's really long and I think it it suffers because of it. But I would still recommend people listen to it if they like oh, like, yeah, like sure. electronic dance music. Like it's there's the highlights are worth it, and it's not like there's any any parts that are like oh this sucks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes, no, no. At there's the, nothing bad on the album. At the very least, like yeah, the worst we can say is like oh, eh. yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, I will say we did go to the <laughs> Miami Horror concerts uh, while they were touring for this, and I discovered one of my now favorite bands, Deluxe, who had opened for them. Uh, who I absolutely adore, and they actually recently opened for Cut Copy in uh, in LA. Oh, that would be a good combo. Oh my God, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see Cut Copy. Period. Yeah, so Miami Horror. If you get an opportunity, check them out. Anyways, again, Miami Horror, not Miami Horror. horror. My bad. H O R R O R. Horror like the genre. <laughs> I listen to that episode again every time I listen to that episode. I just us watching the real slow music video. Um, oh yeah. It's like, I, I again, I feel bad, but by the same token, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing by having that screen cap as the YouTube. Oh yeah, you know, as thumbnail. The, as the thumbnail totally. Yeah, they totally. knew what they were doing, and as such, it is outrageously their most viewed video. But it's again, it's, it, that's actually possibly the best track on the album. To be honest, I love Real Slow. Real Slow is a good song. It's so good. I will say, a little unusual because in the concert they had the guy singing this. Yeah, it made it a little less sexy for me. Yeah, because yeah, you know that song, it does things to me. It's a sexy <laughs> song, but uh, yeah, it's a skinny Aussie guy who was. Anyways, moving on, we did an episode on Newsboys. Yeah, and the ups and downs of uh, of their career, the tumultuous career of the Newsboys. Yeah, a fascinating. A fascinating episode that was. It is fascinating. It's it's kind of long, but it's it's it is super interesting. I will say this: It looks like they got a lot, uh, most of their stuff on Spotify. So if you ever want to catch up on Newsboys, oh, did you see that? Is, well, hold on, step up to the microphone is not. Nope, no step. Oh, none of their really early stuff too, eh? No. Fascinating. What? That's weird. And it probably has to do with record contracts and and uh, stuff like that. You know, hmm. distribution rights, blah blah blah. But not a shame's on to that. That's cool. That's cool. Yes. Okay, so they had two releases since our episode. One actually, like our Newsboys episode was August of 2014. And only a couple months later, November 2014, they did a another one of these albums. It's called <laughs> Hallelujah for the Cross. It is nine hymns and one re-recording of a song off of Not Ashamed. Uh, Where You Belong, Turning Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. So, I skimmed through it. 
Okay, I didn't listen to it at all because it I it didn't occur to me. It's interesting. Uh, a lot, you know. To be honest, a lot of the the Christian reviewers were like, "Hey, yeah, this brings you know these hymns. Some of these hymns are really really old, but to you know uh, to a fresh youth audience and sort of thing." And yeah, I'm sure they do, but I just. Eh. It's, yeah, I just I didn't find anything really to get excited over, and and again, I, I want to state explicitly for the record, it's just like it's it's not because it's 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 Christian music, you know, that automatically I'm just like yawn or whatever. It's just Newsboys had a fantastic track record of making uh, Christian music that was accessible and fun and interesting, and and then sometimes they can really drop the ball and just make generic sort of stuff and i felt this was kind of more in line with that again. i mean yeah this i mean they've been doing that for like the last 10 years or yeah. 15 years even uh whenever whenever i want to say that turning point was uh he reigns mm. um which you know had highlights but yeah i i didn't i didn't even think of hallelujah for the cross because it didn't it wasn't like original material so i i didn't think to even listen to it so uh and you know i'm not rushing to, to listen to it, yeah, uh, I did listen to Love Riot. However, yeah, March twenty sixteen. Uh, what did you What do you think of Love Riot? I'm curious. You know, it's 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 along the similar lines. I feel like it it's um it's just Christian pop music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's that's what it, that's what the Newsboys is now. I think uh, it's very poppy. It's very modern. It's a good alternative for you know those those Christian youth. Who uh, they have the parents who don't want them to listen to what's popular now, but they'll. But this is a fine alternative. Yeah. Not. I mean, it didn't seem like there was anything special. Anything that made the you know, the newsboys are what they are. They, it's it's more like uh, you know, and I, f- I feel I still feel like they lost a lot of their identity when Peter Furler left, and so that's I feel like that's kind of still reflected in here. It's not horrible, but it's nothing. It's nothing special. Yeah, I, actually, to be honest, it, it kind of mirrors my feelings about Linkin Park, actually, in a lot of ways. Um, Newsboys, for a long time, had an identity as being quirky and unusual and and fun and and having a sound that was not like their peers. I just, I can't claim that anymore. Um, what I will say is, uh, we didn't, t- I don't think we talked about Peter Furler he, having his own solo career that has... Uh... I thought uh, Eric also mentioned to us that, um, what's the, their former bassist? Phil Joel. Thank you, Phil Joel. Did, did he not join up with Peter Furler Band or He whatever? did, yeah. So there's sort of like almost two subsects of Newsboys now. And, I and you know, t- uh, to be completely honest, Peter Furler Band or Peter Furler, whatever he's going by, isn't, um, isn't being particularly innovative in and of himself either. But, uh, but it's a little more in line with what Newsboys used to be. Yeah. Um, but nothing groundbreaking. So, but that's okay. Again, like, I mean, if you think about how long Newsboys have been around for. It's been a long time. Like, it's pretty impressive that they're even still going. Even Do they though, have any original? Is Jody, Jody, David, Jody Davis? Is he still there? You know what? Actually, he is, but he wasn't even original. Oh. He, he has been around since at least 94, though. Yeah, it's it's just a new Newsboys for a new audience that yeah. we're not part of. We're not part of that audience anymore. No. Okay, moving on. Outcast. Mm, no. Inactive. Yeah. 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 Paul White. This one took me by surprise. Oh, yeah. This one actually took me a lot by surprise, really. Because Paul White has had a lot of, uh, like, he's been very prolific, and he's released a lot of stuff. But uh, admittedly, 
Not that much since our episode. There's been a little bit. Um, there, like I've got the Accelerator single with Danny Brown. Uh, yeah. That was actually this year, February 2017. Which, which to be honest, I listened to and I didn't like. There was Accelerator, the Accelerator instrumental version, Lion's Den, and the Lion's Den instrumental version. And the instrumental versions are okay. But I, on the, I just didn't really get into it. Mostly he's been in collaborative things. Yeah. There was that EP, sort of the live renditions of some of the Shaker Notes songs. Yeah. That I, that I enjoyed. But there's this Hello Personal Film Festival. I don't exactly know what this is, but it's a collaborative a collaboration with Open Mike Eagle, it looks like, and a few other rappers here and there. It's more in line with sort of like uh, rapping with Paul White. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to this one? No. It's pretty good. I like it. Okay. But there was another one, um, Golden Ticket. No, Golden Ticket's the album, Golden Rules, um, which is came on 2015. Uh, have you heard this one? No, what is this? This is another collaborative project. Paul White's the producer, and then there's a rapper. And so it's another hip-hop album. And they even even have a Christmas song called, <laughs> called Night Shifts at Christmas. Uh, this one's pretty good. I think you should check it out. Uh, so there's the, ha- there hasn't been like a proper solo Paul White yeah. album, but he's been doing stuff. He's been taking out production and, and stuff. Okay. So yeah, Golden Rules and uh, that one that he did, Hella Personal Film Festival. They're worth checking out. They're, they're not quite... They're not quite as like solid as uh, Shaker Notes. Not quite as innovative. It's they're they're, they're pretty like it's it's hip hop, mm-hmm. but it's it's good hip hop. Yeah, that yeah. was that was my impression. All things considered, of uh, rapping with Paul White. To be honest, is that's you know he he gets it. You know he's 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 got really really good beats. So yeah, I'm not surprised. But yeah, but but Shaker Notes was it was a very special album, and I'd love to hear more of that kind of style. That kind of innovation that he was doing because yeah. that was a that like I really that's a that's an album that has really stuck with me and like I remember I think about it so fondly mm-hmm. I'm like man Shaker Notes like what a what a cool album well, um, for for sure and and I mean the world music I didn't I mean I didn't see that coming no I, yeah that was, it was such a left turn so would love to hear more of that but mm-hmm. in the meantime we got some pretty cool Paul White beats with some rappers uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Villains. Um, they, that was released really recently. Really recently, only a few months back. Yeah, they. This was the only time that they have reapproached the artist uh, of the cover. Sorry, uh, to do the, this cover. So the like Hot Clockwork. Thank you. So it's the same artist, and they oh, went yeah. back to him because they felt that he seemed to really capture, really capture the. I uh, I think yeah. I would agree. I think that he's got a look. Uh, a style that does kind of feel Queens of the Stone Age. And I'm gonna admit, I love that cover art. It's so good. The yeah. only way he's the villains one. Yeah, because he he's the only way he's seeing is through a demon's like perception. You know, through a de- like the demons. The demons is, hide- is, is hiding his eyes from the real world and and making him see. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's such an interest. Such an interesting thing. And to be honest, I actually I liked this album. It's um. It didn't quite have the same hooks. Like, when I got into St- Queens of Stone Age pretty hard, it was through uh, Era Vulgaris, because there were some crazy hooks in that album that just instantly, like, grabbed you and brought you in. I didn't really feel that way about villains, but what I did feel about villains was that, I mean, there's there's a little more blues influence, and there's a little more basic rock to it, and it's done so well. It's like, it, you, you can put it on, and it's just... You, picks you up and it, it keeps you going uh so i really i liked the album i didn't think it was it was up with some of their best stuff mm-hmm. but i did think it was pretty good 
At least it has, a, it has to me, a very consistent aesthetic. Yeah. I mean, you say blues. I, I hear 70s rock all over this thing. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 there are times where I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm not even in the right era anymore. Like, this is this is uh, really a real throwback to that, that really edgy rock of the early 70s. You know what? It's like almost like early Led Zeppelin then in that case. You know what I mean? Mm. A bit like that. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not their best stuff. It's not, but it's but it's but it's kind of a cool like side quest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like they had a really good thing with like Clockwork, mm-hmm. and this isn't this isn't as good. But at the same time, like it's great to have like a really raw '70s rock album come out these, this like this decade because mm-hmm. uh, you know like we're we're really we're drowning. We're, no, no, sorry, the opposite of that. We we have a drought <laughs> of of really good rock music. So hey, you know I'll take it. I'll take villains. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, rock's music, of course. Nothing sensational. No, no, sort of. Yeah, but even even their that quote unquote new stuff that wound up on the Brian Ferry album is now like not since twenty ten. Yeah, it's been a while. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't expect anything from rock, Rock's music anytime yeah. soon. Uh, Secret ever. Rose, I, I, have they done anything? I wasn't no. even, yeah. I looked it up, uh, no new material, uh, or actually, they're pro- they're working on something right now, mm-hmm. so there's not a new album. I think it's coming out early next year. Okay, so a few more months, yeah. Yeah, so, missed the train on that. That one actually surprised me. I was expecting, I was expecting that something had come out from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Time Columns, I don't know if you saw, they had a single, it's a single song, uh, October 2015, called Body of Ash. I did, that's, I was surprised that it was just a single. Yeah. Because I, I thought that they were coming out with more. Mm-hmm. But I will say, it is such a great song. Oh, yeah. I, I love that song. I, that's why I want to hear more, frankly, because I do, I do feel like, man, they, if they had an old ob- whole album of this, uh-huh. like, that's, that'd be killer. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I think I'm just going to pick it up tonight. Like, because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, after going through this, I'm, I'm like, got a little checklist of albums to pick up and stuff, and I'm just like, this is a single song. I'm just going to pick this up. Tonight. But yeah, well, there's no point in, like, not buying the single, <laughs> you know? Right. If you like prog rock, like, uh, or like, even, prog metal and stuff like that like this is a good song for you mm-hmm. um and uh, i would be excited to hear more but it's been a few years since that i think it was like 2015 right yeah that one was uh, october 2015 so, so almost exactly two years ago. i don't know what happened i'd love to i'd love to know i really hope so because they had so much promise my only criticism of them was something that technically they didn't do at all it was the guy who remixed their stuff which i thought you know he'd, he'd missed he'd missed like a lot of the great parts oh yeah of the that's song. right it was the remix album yeah, yeah exactly right their stuff though i've always been impressed with their stuff and this song is like up with their best yeah mm-hmm. so yeah time columns yeah we'd love to hear more we'd love to hear more we'll send this to them they got back and they got in touch with us actually last time they were really appreciative of us uh, covering them and now like what came out two days ago u2's songs of experience finally came out it wasn't a complete shock because they had released yeah. The Best Thing About Me. I think I mentioned it a couple months ago. They had released that single. So we knew it was actually coming out. Yeah. But and they, and like, uh, like with Gorillaz beforehand, I saw that there was a handful of songs that were released before the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get, Out, Get Out of Your Own Way, American Soul, and The Blackout were mm-hmm. also released. As well as an acoustic version of the You're the Best Thing About Me. Yeah. Which is not even on the special edition of the album. 
It's interesting. This was a sign I was talking to my wife about because I mentioned that the new U2 album was out. And she said, uh, well, you know, I guess they, you know, they've been touring so much and sometimes they write stuff on the road and sometimes they don't. I said, yeah, but technically this was supposed to be a companion album <laughs> for the last one. And it, yeah. is, it is interesting that they even have years apart for companion albums, you know? <laughs> or so, at least this one was actually released. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like Songs of Ascension, which just never saw the light of day. I, I hope it does in the future in some form, like like with um, the original versions of How to Dismount Atomic Bomb. Oh, yeah. Because those eventually I, came out. I would be, I'd be a big fan of that, a big advocate of it, because it's probably better than they think it is. Yeah, I basically, I just listened to it today, uh, because, again, it just came out a couple days ago. What What do you think? I listened to it a couple times. I'd say it's, it starts off really good, hmm. uh, which is kind of inter- an interesting contrast to uh, songs of, of uh, songs of innocence, which yeah. I felt kind of had a, a flimsy start and then started to pick up. So the first five tracks I think are really good. You're the best thing about me. I was a little hesitant on when it first came out, but now I think I'm starting to get it. I, I think I, I think I get it and I like it. Get out of your own way. I think so far as the winner of the bunch as far as songs that stick with me. Like, there's this really cool, like, choir aspect to it. It's, it feels very emotional and feels really good. After that, the album has starts to, like, lose itself a little bit. It, it becomes a little bit generic and a little bit too poppy. Mm. And I feel like the edge is tragically underused for the most part. I was going to say, there. I think there was only one song that I listened to that I really, I really felt on. Yeah, there's yeah, usually the the harder rock tracks, but there's a few poppier songs where it's like I don't know if I feel like the band, like what it was in here. It does start to find its footing again. The blackout I think is a terrific song. They did kind of tease the album with some of the better tracks. I'm not gonna lie, mm-hmm. but you know, songs of experience needed some time to sit on me, or I needed some time to sit with it, and I feel like it's probably be the sim- a similar situation. But I do like the fact that it's a companion album that has has an identity of its own but also has some like connections that tie with the uh the last album yeah like american soul having that you are rock and roll kind of hook like that's the main hook of this one but it was a bridge in volcano like that's just like nice touches like that like like little little ideas that tie into each other and also 13 uh there is a light is uh directly connected with the song for someone so it's uh yeah the fact that they, they the, the there are mirrors but also like I don't know how else to put it but like there's in some ways the albums reflect each other but in other ways they are very distinct from one another and mm-hmm. I can really I really appreciate that. There's a few bonus tracks. I have actually I don't really have good strong opinions on them at this point in time except for Ordinary Love the extraordinary mix. Ordinary Love being that song that they released for that um Nelson Mandela movie. Oh yeah, this I feel is a superior version. Hmm. I like it a lot better. The other, so- yeah, the other ones I haven't really had a chance to really sit down and, and, and give a proper, proper listening to. I mean, any thoughts that? Uh, um, I'm gonna agree with the production thing, but I mean, look how many producers they had on for. Final yeah, you know, I thought they were gonna go with Danger Mouse for the both albums, but apparently not. There's the Jackknife. Lee. He's on here. Well, uh, Steve Lillywhite's on here. And where's? Uh, oh, he is in there. He's in there, but there's a lot. There's a lot going on. I think that might contribute as to why there isn't as strong a vision for the album as there could be. Because mm-hmm. um, you got a lot of a lot of producers in here. 
which which is typical for pop albums usually, right? Yeah. Um, but um, I mean, again, I only listened to this for the first time today, and I was I was digging on it, but at the same token, I felt like there were stronger songs in Songs of Innocence. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just first impression. I, I'm not gonna lie, but I, I still kind of really miss the their collaborations with Brian. You know, mm. I think that he as a producer worked so well with their sound. Um, and I know that it didn't always work out the best. Like a lot of people didn't didn't totally dig on No Line on the Horizon, but when No Line on the Horizon sounded good, like like production wise, like it was amazing. Mm. And uh, and when it sounded when when their songwriting and his production work together, uh, like there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like it. Yeah. The last couple albums, I just feel like uh, it, it's it's like it's not quite there. It's not quite there production wise. Um, but you know, then again, it's like maybe that's just me expecting too much. Like, not every producer's Brian Eno. <laughs> you know, like he's like a one of a kind, like legend in the business. And, yeah. And so it's like, uh, you know, I just may have to accept the fact that he can't produce every album. <laughs> no matter how much he tries. Moving on, Villagers actually had released a couple things. Darling Arithmetic came out April 2015. Did you get a chance to listen to their stuff? I didn't listen to the Where Have You Been All My Life. That's okay. That came out. It's just a live. It's, it's a live album. Right, it came out yeah. in 2016. Um, um, and uh, but uh, there is there is something to note of it. But uh, I'll get into Darling Arithmetic first. Yeah, um, I did listen to that one. Fairly down tempo, all things considered. Eh? Yeah, very. He, he dialed it back. Dialed it back for sure. And uh, and you know, I think that people who like his first album uh, will probably find something to like in this. It's although it's I feel like the songwriting isn't quite as interesting and innovative as it was in the first yeah. album. And it's also not as interesting production wise as Wayland. So. It does, it feels like, here's, here's how it felt to me. It felt like the end of that by Plants oh, and Animals. Oh, yeah. But for villagers. So it's like, it's like, it's not bad, but I kind of know that they could do better. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, actually, that's, that's really good. That's, that's, <laughs> no, that's a really, really appropriate, appropriate uh, connection, to be honest. <laughs> and then, where have you been all my life? It feels like it took some of his older songs and applied the new sounds to them. Okay. So that as I was giving a skim through, I was just like, it's, it's the same sort of aesthetic as as Darling Arithmetic, but applied to some of his older songs and stuff. Um, and it's nothing bad, but there was something very gripping about becoming a jackal, you know, like very gripping about mm-hmm. it. And there's not that grip there. It's, but you know, it's 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 all right. It's Cesare mm-hmm. right stuff. Yeah, you know, it could also be the kind of album that requires your attention, you know? Like, sure. you need to kind of sit down and just let it let it permeate, you know, like, like it's a, it's a slow burn. And, to, you know, I've only listened to it once through, and maybe that's just not enough to give it uh, its its due, right? Yeah, yeah, there's that so, But then again, I, again, I guess I kind of felt the same way about uh, The End of That by Plants and Animals, is that, like, you know, it's... it's there's, you know, if you tr- if you try, you know, if, if you give it a listen, you're, you're probably going to like some of it. Yeah, but it could do better. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Weird Al, we had covered uh, his mandatory fun. Mm-hmm. It's that whole that whole project and him basically no longer going to be releasing. And I don't think he's released any anything since. Any singles now that I'm aware of. Yeah. I mean, he, he's toured. And he's announced a new tour. Yeah, so he's right. oh, it's like a stripped down sort of acoustic tour. Sort yeah. Of thing. yeah, where he's covering, he's doing most of his uh, original material. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not like he hasn't been doing stuff. He's just been focusing on different aspects of his career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The XX in January of this past year 
Uh, they released their third album, I See You, which I was subscribed to their Instagram for a little bit, and they were doing a lot of heavy promotion for it. I had sampled some of it at the time and was like, eh. But re-listening to it, actually, I'm like, what was I on? I actually really like I See You. I think it's a great album. Like, it's really, really good. It's kind of, uh, to be honest, what I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, because, like, well, I think I said it in our episode, is that they had the XX and Coexist. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of as far as they could take that sound. Yeah. And, you know, it was great. But, I mean, if they just did another album like that, like, I think that this, that would be it. Like, they would, people would be like, well, I'm done. I mean, at first, it's like, wow, is this even the same band? Mm-hmm. Once, they, you know, they, they, start, they start singing and then there's a few more, like, slower songs, you could definitely feel that uh, XX identity. But um, they definitely took this their sound in a radical direction. And I feel like that's kind of what they needed to do. So I'm sure there's some fans of theirs that are feeling totally alienated by it. <laughs> like, just like, oh, you You'll guys, always get the hardcore. You yeah. guys were my last hope to sit down and, like, fall asleep to your music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's very adventurous, very bold. But I'm glad, I'm glad they did it. And, you know, I, although I only listened to it once through, I think it left a good impression. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Moving on to why, we definitely covered this when it came out briefly. Yay Sayer released Amen and Goodbye in April 2016. Uh, yeah. They had that first single, I Am Chemistry, with an extremely haunting music video. It was a claymation oh. woman astronaut had been stranded on a planet and was infected of various stages by organisms and stuff like that. It was just like haunting, haunting stuff. And then they even did, I can't remember what they, maybe it was the Silly Me music video carried on from that. Amen and Goodbye is a very uneven album. Because when it hits its stride, in particular with Amen and, uh, with uh, I Am Chemistry and Silly Me and stuff like that, it's great. But it doesn't keep up the energy like Yesir can do, and I've heard them do. I wanted to like it more, and there's definitely parts of it that's, that I, I really dig. Yeah. I think that when it's good, it's some of their best stuff, though. Yeah. Uh, I Am Chemistry, I think, is like a Stone Cold classic. Mm-hmm. Even uh, yeah, cold light and yeah, I, I I think that I was I was kind of lukewarm on it when I first gave it a listen, but I listened to it again just today, and I really did kind of find the groove in it. And I think it might be just a couple of tracks too long because yeah, it does start to lose its momentum around the tenth track or so, and then kind of picks up again at the very end because mm. cold night's pretty good. But I think you know it's I think it's pretty solid. I think that it's a that you know, it's one of their one of their more solid releases. It's a little less solemn than the than the last one. Yes, um, very true. And so, it, and it has it has more fun, a little bit more like their uh, Odd Blood days. And I'm you know, and part of me is still glad that Yesir, um, like they they're they're moving forward, and and the fact that like, it's it's kind of disappointing that all our symbols was sort of this anomaly, this like unique thing that that they'll never do again. But at the same time, it's like well, maybe they just couldn't. And it just has to be that one special album, mm-hmm. and now they are what they are, and they aren't—they are—they are not what they were. But yeah, I mean, then again, that's old news now. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I don't know. Yes, they're still pretty good, uh, pretty safe act to fall back on if you really like experimental, yeah, uh, synth stuff. It is—it is far more accessible. Uh, I mean, they—they they are still balancing accessibility with experimentation, uh, and good on them because that's not an easy yeah. easy path to tread. It's um. Yeah, so I I, th- I think Amen and Goodbye is still a pretty good release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, Zero Seven. The only we had mentioned this when this had happened back in April 2015. In 2000, the year 2000, they released EP One and EP Two. 
And then all of a sudden, out of left field, April 2015, they're like, ah, now we're doing EP3. <laughs> Simple science. So yeah, I just uh, I just don't remember talking about it at all. No, um, actually, to be honest, how, I missed that. I don't think mm-hmm. that's even... But yeah, I mean, have you listened to it? No. It, so it's an EP, eh? Well, I mean, kind of, because but all those tracks... Tracks like, are really long, actually. Hold yeah, on. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's it's not like it's a short short album. Okay, so um, I missed this one. It's well, yeah, no, according, according to this, it's, it's an EP, but it's really long, though. It's a long EP, so maybe that's why we missed it, because uh, well, at that point we weren't using Spotify. Sure. So it was every, uh, everything was kind of organized differently. So how did, how did you feel about Simple Signs? I thought it's terrific. Okay. It's a little more dancey than uh, than their trip hop stuff. I really enjoyed it. I was I was very impressed. I I, I could I could spin that thing for hours. <laughs> I just I mean, uh, arguably, you know, the last track maybe gets a little bit too into like some a few like techno cliches, but uh, but you know, like it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't deter me too much. Um, at the very least, it's, it's four tracks. Yeah, they're long, but it's. It doesn't feel long. You just you kind of want more afterwards. So. Well, that's encouraging to hear because EP three, although I liked, uh, it was it was really subdued. Oh yeah, this is this is very different than that. They're they're two very distinct distinct listens. But there was nothing bad on it. Oh, I liked EP three. Yeah, 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 but it, it's very subdued. So yeah, check out Simple Science. Folks. Yeah, and that takes us to Zed. That takes us to Zed. Yeah. So. Whew, wow. So thanks, uh, thanks, folks, for, for plotting on. If you're interested in the original episodes and the things that we had to say about the, the discographies and the careers of uh, the artists that we mentioned today, go check them out. They're still listed on our website, uh, musicatozpodcast.com. Uh, you can even separate by genre, separate by date, however you want to take a look and investigate. Yeah, go for it. And uh, if you have any comments about any of the bands that we chatted about today, that's a good place to start. Uh, you can comment on this episode or even on the individual episodes. That's fine. But let's talk about uh, talk about some of the ways that you can get in touch with us. Besides the website, we also have a Facebook page, Music A to Z Podcast. You can join the conversation and see all the fun things that we post. And we have a Twitter account, at Music A Z Podcast. At Music A Z Podcast. Follow along. Tweet at me. I love getting tweets, and I love tweeting back. But definitely scope us out on iTunes. Rate and review us. It really helps. Pop on there right now. Do us a solid and give us the old rating and reviewing yeah, please check out my website, DougJCFerguson.com, and uh, check me out on YouTube because I've, I'm uh, I'm building up a YouTube channel. And if and if you like movies and t- retro TV shows and video games, then uh, please check it out. It's Moving Pictures, you know, moving spelled normally underscore pictures P I K. So yeah, check us out that that way there. Great. Well, I'm going to close this out by saying Music A to Z podcast is hosted by Stephen and Doug Ferguson and is produced by me, Stephen Ferguson. You should check out our other works at DougJCFerguson.com and StephenGCFerguson.ca. 